Hey, y'all. I'm Erin Haynes, the host of The Amendment, a brand new weekly podcast on gender, politics, and power, brought to you by the 19th News and Wonder Media Network. You've probably heard the news that this election year, our democracy is at stake. On The Amendment, I'm breaking down what that actually means, specifically for the marginalized folks who depend on our democracy the most. This is a show that dives past the headlines and gets clear on the unfinished work of our democracy. Listen to The Amendment now, wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, y'all. Welcome to this week's episode and season finale of For Future Reference. I'm Tori Taylor. And I'm Ambar Calvillo Rivera. This podcast is all about creating a space to have real, candid conversations about the role that people play in our lives, especially the ones who lift us up in professional and personal ways, and how they make up the support structure in our lives. It's advice and food for thought that you can use now or just keep around for future reference. Wow, I cannot believe we are at the end of season one already. This has been such a fun journey, Ambar, and... I am just sitting here in my little makeshift podcast studio in Washington, (laughs) D.C., and just sitting in all of my feelings. They're just spread out all over the room. (laughs) Uh, How are you feeling? I'm feeling super grateful, just so grateful. We started this podcast because we reflected with a lot of our friends and colleagues about just how much we needed and relied on our mentors and how little guidance there really is and was to find and keep good mentorship in our lives. And in this process, we've gone through such a big arc from hearing stories about the not so great ways to try and find a mentor to ways that busy women keep in touch with people they've mentored in the past lots of sheets, Google Sheets and spreadsheets, (laughs) to incredible women that are very intentional about how they invest in the people they believe in and even how they honor their past mentors. And it's really all been in service of lifting each other up. And so it's been super inspiring. And I know that I've learned as much from every single interview as I have from my own mentors along the way. And I'm really honestly mostly looking forward to passing it on in some way. I am wondering if this is the time to just finally admit on the podcast that this has all been a ruse on my end to just get a bunch of smart women (laughs) in a room and squeeze all the good advice out of them and also hang out with you pretty much every Friday night for three months. (laughs) Uh, No, but really, I... I am coming at it from the same place of gratitude and really approaching the season finale with a ton of joy. We have talked to such incredible women over the past few months, and we even snuck one guy in there. Hey, Adisu. (laughs) Hey. And I hope that people listening have found it as fulfilling as we have. And honestly, at the end of every conversation we have each week, I always go back and reflect on damn, I wish 19-year-old Tori would have had resources like these women. And like, where the hell were podcasts in 2008, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Well, exactly. And, you know, actually, one of my favorite parts about this season's interviews is that we asked a closing pod question, which was, what would you ask a mentor this week? And as we wrap up this season, I've thought about what I would ask a mentor. And so right now, I want to know the different ways that I can share what I've learned, the mistakes, the wins, the good, the bad, the ugly, after I finish a project of some sort or some sort of chapter of 
just my journey and more importantly how I make sure that the things I've learned along the way don't just stay with me for my own benefit you know Mm -hmm. how do I honor the opportunities I've had to grow and learn in a way that pays it forward and not just become something that served my own growth Totally. I'm really excited that we're ending the season on the topic of paying it forward today. In some ways, I feel like this entire season has been an experiment in paying it forward. We've had dozens of women join us on the show, put themselves forward to share their stories, their experiences, their learnings. So as we cap off the season on the subject, Both of our guests today approach this topic a little bit differently and in really interesting ways, so I am thrilled to dig into these conversations. Our first interview is with Sarah Elamine. She's the head of community engagement at Lyft and has an extensive career in leadership development, training, and organizing. Some of her previous roles include serving as the executive director of Organizing for America, President Obama's grassroots organization, and advocacy director for the Chan Zuckerberg Initiative. She shared with us some really wonderful insights on paying it forward, what that looked like for her. And after you listen to her today on the show, we definitely recommend you Google her if you haven't already um, and listen to more of her work online. Sarah, thank you so much for, for joining us on today's show. We're so excited to talk with you and would love just to hear a little bit about your background and how you approach mentorship and leadership development. Yeah, absolutely. A big part of where my philosophy around mentorship and leadership development comes from is within my own family. So I'm the eldest of five kids, and uh, my mom is the best manager and organizer I've ever met. She really, you know, I could give you a hundred different stories that would tell you all the different ways that she's a great manager and leader. But one of my favorites is um, as we were each leaving the house, um, you know, for college or whatever things we did after high school. Each of us was concerned that the family wouldn't basically make it without us. And we see this in leadership and management contexts all the time. You know, you worry that your team without you can't do the big thing that you've been preparing them to do. Or if you go out sick or go on vacation, people won't be able to do the work. Um, But my mom sat each of us down every time one of us left the house and reminded us that when you step out of the way, um, there's more room for other people to blossom. And, and I've just seen that over and over again, just in my own family, when one kid leaves, the dynamic of everyone else changes, but we're able to almost in some ways do better things under the leadership of, of the next generation. And I saw that throughout my nine years in the Obama grassroots movement, when someone stepped aside as a certain type of leader, someone else would step in their stead and they wouldn't have all the same exact skills, but uh, they'd bring a new flavor or new perspective or fresh eyes to the challenge and they'd, they'd do it better. You know, as you have gone throughout your career and worked in so many different organizations, how have you incorporated the idea of letting others blossom or paying it forward as you develop other leaders in the workplace? take my vacations. (laughs) Oftentimes we think that the world's going to burn if we step away. But, um, but I really, I think that even being gone for a week is really important for our teams. And other than that, I'd say like, I try to be really conscious of my, um, my strengths and also my weaknesses. And I try to really hire folks who complement my weaknesses and have 
uh, skills that I don't have. And because I'm a self-aware leader, or at least I try to be, I think that it makes me more comfortable maybe letting other people shine in the areas where I'm not strong. And I think that so long as the the composite skills of a team get the job done, you'll find that your boss isn't doesn't think less of you if someone sort of technically more junior than you does something really brilliant or outshines you in, in certain ways. So I've tried really hard to mind the dark green monster that is my ego and ego in general. And I, I think it's worked out. I think it's worked out well. You know, I've, I've worked with a lot of people in multiple different iterations of multiple different jobs. And, and uh, a lot of the folks I've, I've mentored or coached or managed have gone on to do really incredible things. You know, as someone who's held so many different positions, particularly in leadership development and coaching and in big organizations, what are some best practices that you would tell our listeners today on how they can pay it forward to the folks that are coming up after them? Well, I think first and foremost, don't be a dick. (laughs) Everything you guys have covered in the episodes before, you know, uh, really illustrate all the different things we can do to be great managers and coaches and mentors. And a lot of it comes down to treating others that you would like to be treated. My second bit of advice is actually taking time to write down, jot down a few of the moments in your career where you felt the most vulnerable phases of your life, whether it was maybe it was in between jobs or maybe it was when you were getting ready to tell your manager for the first time that you were expecting and, you know, you wanted to talk about maternity leave or maybe it was that first job that you applied for. I have a, I have a list in a journal somewhere of all the different times I have felt really professionally vulnerable. Um, and I really try in my mentorship of others and my paying it forward in the general world to especially lean into those moments. So, and some of the best, you know, in sharing some of the best practices or sharing my time with, um, particularly for me, fellow women who are in similar, similar vulnerable scenarios. So how that actually operationalizes is, you know, in between campaign cycles, because I've worked on lots of presidential campaigns, I often will put up a post in the alumni page of the last, you know, presidential candidate and offer a few free hours of resume coaching. Um, And I'll do like 15 minute slots and let people sign up. And last in the 16th cycle, I recruited, I think, like 40 or 50 other um, other political professionals to do the same for um, folks who had just worked on the Hillary Clinton campaign. And it felt really good to do because I felt really helpless, you know, as a sort of a, a political leader in, in that moment. Um, but it also felt great to do because I know that was a moment when I felt really vulnerable, um, you know, a, a few years back in my career or a few jobs back. And I have a similar process around, you know, badass ladies who are going on maternity leave. I have a template that I built out with my amazing team that uh, was kind of my handoff plan to my deputy and the rest of my staff. And you know, actually, it surprised a lot of you who haven't gone through this yet, but there aren't templates like that in the world. You were paying it forward, but you also brought in your own network to be part of that. And I love thinking about this as like not just an individual role, but how we can do it as a group. And how would you give advice to folks that are listening that might have larger networks that could, you know, join in on group efforts on how to pay it forward? You know, I think that I tend to try to think about how to do things in as scalable a way as possible. And the first bit of advice I have on that front is if you are willing to give help in a certain way, it's pretty likely that other people are too. 
and it's much easier to divide and conquer. And you, you just end up with better ideas on how to address a specific problem if you post an idea that you have about a type of paying it forward or type of volunteering you might want to do on Facebook and see who else wants to pitch in. Um, second is like oftentimes stuff already exists that we might not think yeah. about. And so there's you don't have to reinvent the wheel. You can just tap into something that's already that's already out there. And I think half of what you know, half of what fails in the world is because it's an unnecessary duplication of efforts. Third is like it's just more fun to do things in community. It expands your heart and your sense of belonging to pay it forward together. And I, that sounds super cheesy, but I've felt that. There's a lot of ways that great managers and great leaders pay it forward on a day-to-day basis, whether it's, you know, doing a one-on-one check-in with your staff member and providing them some feedback on you could have done X, Y, or Z better, or this is what I would like to see improved in the future. And some of those are just general great management tactics. But I know that I've had bosses, and I'm sure you've had bosses too, that you probably have gone above and beyond in how they develop you as uh, an employee while you're working with them. And wondering if you have any particular experiences of bosses or managers or mentors that have really helped pay it forward in their day-to-day management of you that you have utilized and duplicated for the folks and the teams that you manage now. The biggest pay it forward gift I've gotten was the gift of feedback. We are all so scared societally to give honest feedback and you can, you know, watch someone someone's shoulders rise and their face sort of scrunch like there's a physical response to um actually not even receiving feedback necessarily as much as there is to giving feedback mm-hmm. like I, I watch people contort themselves as they try to give feedback and it makes you know uh receiving it even harder to be on the on the other end of that I've had a couple managers who were very natural and they did it you know you could see that their body was relaxed as they were giving the feedback and they gave it immediately and only after having bosses who really modeled that ease of feedback for me was I able to really authentically integrate it into my practice of leadership and, and model that and, and frankly also coach people on, um, on better feedback as well. But I would just, I would caution, I think there's three types of people in the world. There are folks who really naturally almost over pay it forward and overextend their boundaries and give too much. And I probably, you know, before a lot of work and some therapy fell into that camp and I would give so much and pay it forward so much that I ended up feeling resentful or being the empty bucket that couldn't pour. On the other end of the spectrum, there's folks who really don't pay it forward and they just sort of prance through life unaware of how many different people have invested in them and how much privilege they have to share or to break pieces off of. Um, and then in the middle, there's like beautiful folks who've done the work and like have calibrated away from that pull of giving too much of themselves or the pull of giving too little of themselves. And they found a really perfect balance that um, doesn't make them resentful, um, that fills their heart and, and leaves the world and their workplaces a better place than when they, than before they got there. Um, and so while I love the the theme of this episode, I just, for the folks who kind of identify the way that I did or do as, as people who sometimes give too much at their own expense, it's also okay to not pay forward. You know, um, take care of yourself first or um, 
be in trauma if you had a really bad job or a, a bad manager or a bad week. Just have boundaries. Our second guest today is Allison Zellman. She is the Director of Climate and Clean Energy Advocacy and Policy for the Gates Ventures and has a long, impressive resume in political and advocacy work. She served in President Obama's White House and on his presidential campaigns. She was the Director of States for the Democratic National Committee, served in the U.S. Department of Labor, and has worked on a number of key advocacy issues, including women's rights and gun violence prevention. She shares so many incredible nuggets of wisdom today, and I look forward to digging in more. So thrilled to be here to talk about mentors who have definitely helped me all along the way. <laughs> and we are so excited to dig in. And you know, you have had this really exciting and successful career thanks to a lot of the mentors along the way. And, you know, you're at a place in your life where I'm, sh you know, you are helping others. And, you know, you've helped me personally. I know you've helped Ambar. And you've achieved the success. And you're in this place to offer a lot of really high-level guidance and mentorship to others. You know, how do you think about that in your day-to-day? -day? I frequently feel guilty that I'm not doing it enough, um, mm. which I think is... Um, something I know a lot of people feel. And one thing I actually remind myself of frequently and have often been surprised about is um, it doesn't always take hours every day um, to be a good mentor. Um, like, of mm. course, um, I need to do my Tory Taylor lunch every few months um, <laughs> because I Please. care about you deeply and like <laughs> want to help your development, and that's important. But I've been surprised the amount of times I've taken 20 minutes in a night to shoot off some resumes to someone who asked for good people or quickly reviewed an email or, or resume someone was doing and literally didn't think about it and within a few months got this beautiful note in the mail saying thank you so much that 20 minutes you took with me like opened entirely new door and changed my life and I think um, it's those moments that remind me that you know, any time you can give is important time to give to being a mentor. It's not, it's not always about carving out hours and hours of time. Secondly, I try really hard to just keep a list of like everyone who I respect so much, who I've seen grow up in various jobs and has worked for me or people that have been passed along to me. Mm -hmm. And anytime you get that email, which I know you get, many people get, which says, I need a great person for this ASAP. I just like go to that list mm -hmm. um, and I just literally tend to copy and paste those names <laughs> frequently. Um, and again, seems like really simple, but it's just constantly thinking about people who you know are so talented and you want to help grow. The one other thing I will say that I, that I do think about a lot um, and wish I did more of is just genuinely checking in with people, mm -hmm. um, which I try, I try to, I have like in my calendar once a month, which is like, check in with people, which is meant to just be shoot a text, shoot a note. Um, I've actually seen my husband do this really well uh, and wish I did a better job, but just just literally say, how are you feeling in your job? Like, how are things going? Um, I'm always surprised at how many people either love what they're doing or are really looking to get out, really mm -hmm. need, need someone to just talk to you for 20 minutes about how they can develop in a better way. You know, one thing that has been a theme on this show with other guests and you got into it a little bit is just the power of a small acknowledgement or <laughs> yeah. a small note or that 20 minutes that it doesn't have to take up days of your life it doesn't have to be a big grand gesture 
it can actually totally. like something very small can be incredibly meaningful. Yeah. Um, and one thing that I think I've I've witnessed and others have witnessed in you is you do have a lot of kind attributes in terms of your management and leadership style. You know, you are very personable. You clearly care about your staff and. I wonder, you know, do you think of some of those small day-to-day things that you incorporate in how you work with others and how you manage your team, do you consider that mentorship or is that something that you think about when you approach different roles? It actually, I think, goes back a little bit to what Melody really taught me, um, which is that I think leadership is about being a really good mentor. Like that is part Mm. of a good leader professionally develops their team um, manages them with kindness and respect, um, and is a mentor. Like I think mm-hmm. that is part of being a good leader. And so, in my mind, those things like taking your one-on-one really seriously, or managing with kindness, giving feedback, um, taking time in the one-on-one to just actually just check in. Like, how are you feeling about this job? Mm-hmm. How are you feeling professionally? Are you developing in the right way? How can I help you? I think of all of that as hundred percent being a good mentor to the people you're actually managing. You know, one other misconception that I think trickles into to different industries when we think about career advancement is I think there's this notion that, you know, the person that's the most cutthroat or aggressive or, you know, yeah. can like <laughs> talk their talk the best game or something is going to be the one that moves up to the top as quickly, right? And really blend that that high level of competency with a sh- like a strong management style and a leadership style that centers a lot of strong values in terms of kindness and mm. you know really being intentional about your management practices and so is that something that you know you've come into contact throughout your career and you know were there things that you deployed at the time to like get around that or you know people will perform their best if they feel empowered and respected. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's how I was trained as an organizer and how I've trained people. But at the end of the day, you will manage the best team and best performing team if they feel empowered and respected um, and can do their work in a work environment where they feel loyal to you mm-hmm. and loyal to the mission. And that, when it works well and you're in a good work environment, that makes you rise. Because your team's overperforming, um, your people want to stay, they want to retain, um, and I think that is just unbelievable the impact that can have. Um, and I think that that is how people should rise. And I think I've um, had success in that. Um, there's obviously been times when I haven't. It doesn't always work. Mm-hmm. But I think if those are the values we live by and manage by, um, good people will rise to the top. I love that. <laughs> I, I absolutely love that. That's that's a philosophy I want to subscribe to. <laughs> and you do, Tori, and you very much do. Um, you know, the older that I've gotten and the more management experience that I've had, I, I've started to tweak the the way that I measure my success mm. in a role. Yeah. Um, and I've actually found I get so much fulfillment from hiring someone and seeing them be so successful and then go on and do other successful things. And I feel like the the longer that I manage people, I just love that feeling of like building yeah. a pipeline of really kind and competent, you know, young leaders who are probably, I'm going to be begging them for a job one day. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I know, you know, as uh-huh. someone who has a lot of high level management experience, I wonder, is that something that you think about too, when you think about 
you know, all the people that you have trained along the way and paid it forward for, like, how do you think about that audience of Allison Zellman, you know, <laughs> mentees out there? It's like a little army. <laughs> I mean, that, that is truly my dream, Tori, that, that exists as an army. Um, you know, it's funny. I remember when I, uh, my first probably biggest management job was in 2012. I was the field director for Obama in Pennsylvania. Um, and overall had a team of, I think like 367 or something, literally an army, (laughs) (laughs) which is an army. Um, and I remember this was, I was such a young manager, but I remember creating like a norms PowerPoint, um, cause this was something I'd been taught to do. And I laid out this huge audience of many people. This is how like our team is going to act. And this is, this is Mm. how I will manage. This is how I like to be managed. And this is the culture we will have. Mm. Um, And it really stuck with people in a way I think even I was surprised about. Mm -hmm. Like, I'll never forget the day I went to then one of my field organizers' trainings and watched them give that same PowerPoint. Oh, how Um, special. Yeah, it really, you know, it's, it's such an obvious thing, but it is, that is, that's how you create that, Mm -hmm. right? Is you set, you set the stage for what you want everyone to act and believe and manage and organize as, um, as a leader. And that's why I think leadership and mentorship is so important. You are the one who sets that stage for everyone. Um, so my dream is that in the same way that field organizer, it had trickled down to them and trickled to their volunteers. That my dream is that's that some of those things that I think are so important and how you treat and train and respect people, um, have trickled to many people and that they will lead with that in whatever they're doing. Have there been any moments where, you know, paying it forward or kind of lifting as you climb has translate into something surprising that like you didn't expect you know you helped someone along the way and there was an unexpected like outcome or just any surprising nuggets as you've dug into this work over the years there's a lot of people who really want to know how to transition their campaign skills into other um into just like other avenues Mm. um into not just like campaigns Mm because campaigns are really hard (laughs) um, although very important um and I'm constantly shocked at how um, so many people don't know how to take those skills and translate them to other types of jobs and Mm -hmm. worlds. Um, And I think particularly when you're in certain work environments, your world can seem so small. Like you are like, this is all that matters. This is the only impact I can have. Mm -hmm. And I'm always amazed when I have a really good conversation with someone and it kind of, you know, it transforms their thinking. They're like, oh, there's so many ways to have impact my skills can translate to so many different things that really matter. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's just, you know, again, just an example of um, how important it is to just help open people's minds who have just been in certain work environments to like other things they can do. Mentors are so important to help you expand your perspective <laughs> yes. of yourself, mm-hmm. of what you can do, of what you can be. and. I feel like I have benefited so much from just laying something out there for someone that I was seeking mentorship from and they just took it and just stretched it (laughs) and they're like that's great but like here's like fantastic right yeah Yeah. it's the world is huge and if you're it's really hard 
even just for your mentor who you work directly for, it's hard. Mm -hmm. So I think particularly mentors who you don't at that moment work for, I think it's even more important because they are really thinking outside of your own environment um, and can just look at you differently and push you differently. What would you ask a mentor, one of your mentors, mm-hmm. if you were grabbing coffee or drink, well, not a drink because you're pregnant, <laughs> or lunch Mocktail. with them? Yeah, mm-hmm. like what's the what's something going through your mind right now that you would want advice on? So something that I think is really, really hard um, is this tends to particularly happen with women Um, but it's very easy to consistently be in jobs where you are operationalizing everything, making things happen, doing the logistics, um, you know, being the number two, just helping get things done, Mm -hmm. um, and, um, doing it really well, which I think is a very good skill. Um, but I think as I've gotten older, it's been great to be in jobs where I'm in a more strategic role, Mm -hmm. able to think about the bigger vision, um, and do that kind of work, which is also really important. Um, but it's really hard to give up some of those other things you're so innately used to doing um, and step up and be that kind of leader that is not as much in the weeds on those details. And that is something, you know, I've continued to struggle with um, and I think have really grown from, but has is hard. And so, you know, that is something I think I would still, as I'm in one of those roles now, would still love to talk to a mentor about, about certain things you can do to really help transition you into that. Tori Taylor, there is, as always, a ton that I'm walking away with from our interviews. One of the things I loved from Sarah's is the shout out she gave to her mom and the golden nugget of wisdom that she passed on, which was when you step out of the way, there's more room for other people to blossom. That is so true and it's just so real in in all sorts of facets of our life and it was just such a beautiful reminder. And with Allison's interview, she talked about one-on-ones as using that as an opportunity to really pay it forward. And one thing that that made me think of was this great blog post on Medium that I read. It's from Mateel Collin, who's the CEO and co-founder of Front, um, where she wrote about the title of the post is one-on-ones are my most valuable meetings. Here's how I run them. So essentially, if you're a manager or someone that checks in with someone, um, and she listed very specifically the questions that she asks in these meetings, um, which prompt the person to be reflective and actually state what they're interested in and how that person can be helpful. So some of the best questions uh, included, what would you like to achieve or learn by the end of the year? What would you like to be better at or in which areas would you like to grow? And is there anything I could do to invest more in your growth? And along with this topic, I just couldn't think of better questions to ask. And so I wanted to pass that along and we're prompted by those interviews. What are you holding on to, Tori? A couple things really stuck with me. You know, one, I thought Allison gave a lot of really pragmatic advice. And she also called out something important about being a manager or a leader also means being a mentor. Mm. And I don't actually think that is always as explicit as it should be. It's often not written in a job description. Mm -hmm. But if you manage a team of people, you aren't inherently in a mentorship role. And I think that calls some responsibility The second thing I really appreciated about Sarah's interview in particular 
she called out attention of today's episode topic that sometimes it's actually okay to not pay it forward. And, you know, when she said that during the interview, it just struck me as like, that's, that's so real. You know, we shouldn't stretch ourselves and contort ourselves to help everyone else in our life so much that we're not actually giving ourselves the attention and the love and the care that we need and Mm. deserve to survive and thrive. I think some of the best advice that I've ever gotten was, you know, I can't, I can't be what other people need me to be if I am not what I need me to be. And like something that I think you and I stand behind and this pod stands behind is at the end of the day, making sure that you know your boundaries, that you better know how to ask for what you need. Um, and that includes making space to, to protect yourself and, and not in that moment um, be able to share or pay forward because you're still uncovering what you need. I think that's probably the epitome of, of this season. Well, thank you so much to everyone listening for not only listening with us and being in this space with us today, but for being with us all season. It has meant so much to have each and every one of you on this journey with us, and we would absolutely love to stay in touch. Please shoot us an email at pod at wondermedianetwork.com with your feedback on the season. We'd love to hear what you want to hear next from the show, stories that you'd like to share, tips, tricks, um, anything that you want us to know as we as we wrap up season one. And, you know, stay tuned. We might be dropping a bonus episode or something fun soon. Ooh. Well, as always, we hope that this helps for now or for future reference. Talk, Talk to you soon. soon. For Future Reference is a Wonder Media Network original show.